Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 9. The Lord had said to Abraham, Leave your country, your people, and your father's household, and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you, and all the peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. So Abraham left. As the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him, Abraham was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, all the possessions that they had accumulated and the people that they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan. And they arrived there. Abram traveled through the land as far as the site of the great tree of Morah at Shechem, at that time, the Canaanites were in the land. And the Lord appeared to Abraham and said, Your offspring I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. From there he went on toward the hills of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. Then Abraham set out and continued toward the Negev. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thank you. you. May be seated. You guys remember Coffee with God? All right. Well, we're going to do that. So I got these two mugs, and I didn't know which one to bring up here. I got this one for Christmas, and I thought I'd set this up here, and this is what it says. You ready? It says, Pastor. That's just the title. This, is mess- this other part is a message for you. Warning. It says, anything you say or do could be used in a sermon. Just going to set that right there. Okay, just going to set that right there. Um, but no, I went through, um, was looking at our coffee mugs, and uh, that's one of the things that I enjoy doing. Does anybody else like going to Marshall's and looking for coffee mugs? Yeah, okay, see, I'm not alone. Um, so you find these neat little coffee mugs up there, and so, you know, we have enough house, enough people in our house that, that drink coffee that, you know, we could have our own little bistro. But anyway, um, so I found a couple of these, and this is one I picked for, for today, and it just really was a personal reminder um, of what we're going to talk about and, and the direction that we're going. But, um, you know, this is personal. This is for me. And this one just says, fearfully and wonderfully made. And it's just a reminder for me to understand that <laughs> no matter what people might say about me, <laughs> that God looks at me this way that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And, and it's, it's neat for me to think about that, especially what we're talking about today. You know, so where do we go from here? 
And as we talk about that, um, this really is honestly a, a conversation that, um, that the Lord and I have had. And this, this, is, this is a couple mornings of, of God and I sitting and pouring a couple cups of coffee and, and talking about, okay, you know, we've come out of 2020, um, 2021, so where do we go from here? And interestingly enough, the answer that I received is one word. One word. Yeah, I know. Because God was like, I got one word for you. And I sat there just like you're sitting now. I'm like, what is it? <clears throat> Forward. So where do we go from here? Forward. Isn't it amazing how that one word, you can feel it? It, it penetrates you to go, okay. Now, it could be, all right, man, let's do this. Or it could be, really? Right? We could be on two ends of the spectrum with this. That's not how God sees it. He's got one perspective. He's got one view of this, and it's forward. Something that we have talked about as a church for quite some time. And, and I'm blessed to be able to say that, and I'm thankful to be able to say that, because as we've talked about this forward, what we have talked about in the past is that we're not going to be distracted. We're not going to be distracted. There's something that God has given us to do. There are things that God has highlighted in our lives for us to become. You see, church, that's just as much of our journey as it is doing something is the becoming. So this passage out of Genesis came to mind, and, and I've taught on it before. It's personal. This is one of the main passages that brought us to the Ohio Valley. But as far as us looking at today in 2021 and where we're heading, we're heading forward. Each one of us. Now it goes into two different camps. What I'm talking about here is us individually and personally as much as it is corporately. Because we've seen over this last year in the middle of, of COVID and this pandemic, how each of us has grabbed a piece of something that God has placed on our hearts to do, and it has brought us together collectively that we are a force of what God is doing in this region. We're a force. True? We make an impact. Lives are changing. And it's because the individual calling that we've grabbed has connected with one another. Remember, we're the body of Christ, right? So we're all connected. We've even done our puzzle that we're all connected pieces. And as that has happened, God has allowed us in His great love and mercy to be a force in our region. So, sermon from here forward. Abram 
what we mainly know of this story is that Abram was sent to the promised land, right? We know that, right? If you haven't, we start Bible study at 6 p.m. On, on Wednesday nights. <laughs> but we understand that Abraham was sent to the promised land. Let me go back into Genesis 11. Genesis 11, verse 27. This is the account of Terah. Terah became the father of Abram, Nahor, and Haran. Haran became the father of Lot. While his, while his father Terah was still alive, Haran died in the Ur of the Chaldees in the land of his birth. Abram and Nahor both married. The name of Abram's wife was Sarai, and the name of Nahor's wife was Milcah. She was the daughter of Haran, the father of both Milcah and Iscah. Now Sarai was barren, and she had no children. We know that part, right? This next part is interesting. Terah took his son Abram and his grandson Lot, son of Haran, and his daughter-in-law Sarai, the wife of his son Abram, and together they set out from the Ur of the Chaldees to go to Canaan. Interesting, huh? But when they came to the town of Haran... They settled there. Terah lived 205 years, and he died in Haran. Then we go into chapter 12. The Lord comes to Abraham and, sees, and says, Leave your country, your people, your father's household, and go to the land that I will show you. And what land is God talking about? Canaan. The land that Terah took his family and left the Ur of the Chaldees to go to. Right? Okay. Where are you heading in 2021? I'll tell you. Your promised land. Your promised land. Now, what that comes to, that, that can bring a whole lot of questions. So what's my promised land? What am I supposed to do? I don't know where it is. I don't know... And, and all of these questions and doubts and fears and frustrations can come piling in. And you need to understand at the very outset, that is the enemy looking to get you distracted from what God is wanting to do in your life. Okay? The promised land. Some of us know what that is. It doesn't necessarily have to be a physical place. It could be something in your life that emotionally, spiritually, mentally, that God wants to take you to out of one thing and into another. A promised land, emotionally, could be a place of rest away from anxiety. Do you see what I'm saying? So God is pulling us from one place 
and taking us into another, a place of His promise, of His comfort, of His rest, and of His protection. God was doing that with Terah. He was taking His family into Canaan. But something happened in the Ur of the Chaldees. His son died. Haran died. And on his way to Canaan, on their way to the promised land, they came to a town called Haran. How interesting. And what did Terah decide to do? Set up camp. There are times that as we're on our journeys, that our memories will keep us from where God wants to take us. We can get locked into a, a, a line of thinking, and we can get paralyzed to not move into what God is calling us into. And I look at this, and my heart breaks especially when it says at the end of chapter 11 that Terah died there. For somebody who loves to encourage, for somebody who loves to, to help people understand vision and focus and purpose and, and to be able to come alongside and help them get to where God wants to take them, that verse crushes me. He died there. Now the bright spot in this is that God's will was to find a people to call His own, right? So what did God do? Abram, go and I'll show you. And Abraham did. And the nation of Israel is born. And God's will and purpose was not thwarted. It was not stopped. But He made a people in the promised land. Allow God to take you through everything to your promised land. Don't get distracted. Even in our callings, our individual callings, in our searches for what is my promised land, don't get distracted. Don't stop. Pursue it. Because as you pursue your promised land and I pursue my promised land, then we'll connect then our church moves in force. The church moves in force into what God is calling and desiring to be done in this area. I believe, and I've said it, and I will continue to say that, that God is raising up revival out of Bel Air. That's on His heart to do. And if I get distracted. I'm talking about me personally, not even as your pastor. 
But as the guy driving down the street or the gentleman who's walking through Kroger shopping like everybody else, if I get distracted and I end up pulling up, throwing it in neutral, nailing down my tent pegs and going, I'm good where I'm at, there is a strong possibility that I will die there. But you know what God would do? Raise someone else up to finish His work. I just want to be a little part of it. I just want to be a part of it. That's for each of us. So, where are we going forward? As you get into verse 10 of Genesis chapter 12. I'm sorry. That's what we're going to get into next week. Um, at the end of the passage that we are reading, um, verse 6, Abraham traveled through the land and he set up an altar. And then verse 8, and there he went and he pitched, pitched his tent and he set up an altar. Verse 9, and he set out toward the Negev. So Abraham gets into the land of Canaan and he sees what? There are people here. How interesting. So you get to your promised land and all of a sudden it's occupied. But what are you doing here? This is my land. God told me that, how, how's this going to work? Faith. To know that God will move that there are doors he will open. But see, Abraham gets to Canaan. And I picture, it, picture this. When, when Julie and I go somewhere, and, and, and the kids know we're going to stay at a hotel, or, or we've rented a house, or we get to Disney World, or whatever, we plan on the kids running and searching and looking at every nook and cranny of the house because they want to see what's out back. They want to see what's upstairs. They want to see what's here. They want to see what's there. Or we went to, to Disney World and, and you open up the map and all of a sudden they're like, let me see the map. Where am I going to go? I want to see this. I want to go here. I want to go here. I want to go here. Abraham got to the promised land. And he set up an altar, thanking God for what he had done. He's like, you know what, I want to go search the place. I want to go see it. I want to learn the aspects of it. I want to learn what I am being given. There's a sense of excitement there. At the same time, as he's walking through the land, he's seeing the Canaanites, and he's like, um, what are we going to do about this? So even when you step into your promised land, it's not that it's over, but you're still going to be growing and building in faith. There's an excitement when you reach that because it's something that you've been given. It's something that God's promised to you. So you see that promise of God actually becoming tangible. It is, it's, it's something you can grab a hold of. It has manifested. But there is work still to be done. And so you take a step and you build an altar and you thank the Lord for what He's done. That's the part of we had talked about during... Thanksgiving, the power of Thanksgiving. 
That gives you territory. That allows you to take ground. The things that you're leaving behind are replaced with the things that you've been given. So then your memories and what could be and what used to be fade because they're replaced for what is now and what you need to be doing now. Stepping into our promised land church is a process. Some may know exactly what we need to do. I know exactly what I need to do, Pastor Ian. I know exactly what I need to be focused on. Others may be like, I have no idea. I got no idea. I'm going to give you the same advice of what God told Abraham. You ready? Go. Go where? Look at it like this. If, if I had, well, I'll just use my bow and arrow as an example. If I had a bow and arrow and you're my target, let me ask you a question. Would you rather sit in front of me or move? Move. A moving target is harder to hit, is it not? So if we think of this and look at this from a spiritual standpoint and understand that the enemy is out to get us, a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, would you rather be moving or sitting there waiting for him to come to you? Get in motion. Move. If you're dealing with losing and, and getting rid of and being delivered from anxiety, start praying. Ask the Lord, is there a study that I can start working on? Is there someone, is there a group of people that I can get together and start praying with? Get in motion. If there's things that God wants to teach you, learn. Get in motion. If there's things that God wants you to do as far as serving, find a place to serve. Get in motion. But you're moving, even in that, you are moving towards your promised land. Don't sit idle. Don't sit idle. God is opening up doors for us to be involved, to be engaged, to be a part of what He is doing. We know that. It's something that we've talked about on a consistent basis. And it's happening. And now there's turmoil, even more so than we'd ever imagined, in the world. Pandemic, politics, family issues, financial issues. There's a lot going on. Spiritually, it looks like it's falling apart. But it isn't. Because you know what? God's given us a vision of it falling into place. And we're watching it fall into place. And that's our focus. That's where we're heading. We're staying focused on the things that God has called us to do. And in doing that, His purpose will come to be. We're a part of that. His Spirit is flowing. And we are in that river. 
If you decide to stop and not go, then you have gotten out of the river and you are sitting on the bank. Don't. Stay in flow. Because we're heading to this promised land that God has promised us. I know that. If you had a chance to, I'm going to finish with this. If you had a chance to join us Tuesday, um, there was something that the Lord put on my heart as I was walking up to the podium. And it's this, triumphant faith. I shared a little bit about our story, and you guys mainly know about Anna and the, the trial and all that we went through with, with Anna. Um, and there was a, a verse that the Lord gave me. And going through, actually, honestly, I got this verse before it even started. Before the hospital, before all of those things, God gave me a verse. And it had to do with triumphant faith. Triumphant faith. Faith is wonderful. Triumphant faith means that you've been through some trials, right? You can't win a war if you haven't been in one. And that's a lot of what we're looking at, is that as we move into our promised land, that our faith is going to be tested. Faith is tested. As we come out of this war, faith is triumphant. Psalm 27, verse 13. This is this whole psalm David is talking. But he says this, I am confident of this, that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. So wait for the Lord. Be strong. Take heart. Wait for the Lord. So Ian, you're saying wait for the Lord, but go. Yeah. Waiting isn't standing still. It isn't. We have to get out of the physical thought that it's Standing still, you need to look at this spiritually. And, and, and through our spiritual eyes, take a look and understand that waiting is an action of being with God in the middle of what He's called you to do. Be with Him. He'll lead you, He'll guide you, He'll take you where you need to go. But let's head for our promised land. God's got this, and He's going to lead us. And we're going to let him. So in my conversation with the Lord, in all of this, and I'm like, so what am I supposed to do? Do what you've always done. Be who I'm calling you to be. Because you are fearfully and wonderfully made. I pray the same for you, church. Let's do this. Let's go. Let's keep moving and doing what God's called us to do. Because it is powerful and it is mighty and it is changing lives. Ours and those that are around us. We're doing it. We're doing it right. Father, Lord God, I thank you for this church. and I thank you how you have blessed us. I thank you for giving us your word. I thank you for giving us your truth. I thank you for giving us your guidance and your leadership and your love. Father, comfort us as we continue to step forward. May we not stop but keep us in motion, Father.
going towards the land that you called us to. May we not be distracted. Father, may we not be distracted. Lord, we love you and we do worship you. In Jesus' name, amen.